0: Welcome to the Inspiring Minds podcast, hosted by Justin Starbird and presented by the Edison Awards. Listen as Justin talks with innovators and pioneers that are changing the world around us. True modern day Thomas Edisons walking among us. Guests will answer the most difficult of questions facing startups, established brands, and folks with great ideas that are just getting started. Learn how these amazing innovators have gone from concept to commercialization and what it took to get there. Take notes as they share with Justin how they navigated through research, development, and in true Thomas Edison fashion, marketed and sold their newfound innovations. You're listening to the Inspiring Minds Podcast.
1: Welcome back to this episode of Inspiring Minds. My name is Justin Starbird, and today I'm excited because I have the CEO of Molecule with me, Jaya Rao. Jaya, welcome.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: I'm thrilled to to have you as a, a Edison Award winner this year, a past participant and winner uh, in years past. It's it's really exciting to have a chance to, you know, to meet you finally and um, to have you on the show. So, so welcome.
2: Likewise, we're, um, we're a fan of the awards and also the community that's created through this award of innovators.
1: Well, tell me a little bit about what it's meant to, you know, now be a multiple Edison Award winner. What does it mean to you and, and the team at Molecule?
2: I just, I just go back to the first time that we got the Edison Award and how um, exciting it was because we were totally off the map. You know, we weren't on the, people didn't know about this company, they didn't know about the innovation we were bringing um, forth. But it was, you know, similar to um, the name Edison. It was a, you know, an academic effort of trying to find insights into air quality and how you could really clean the air at a deeper level. And so we were finally taking that technology from an R&D level into the world. And I think what was so exciting was that we got to be a part of this community all of a sudden that got it, that understood um, how you need to you know, move the needle forward and that innovation is necessary. And that actually there's a lot of positive innovation happening in the world and, and bringing um, shining a spotlight on that was just uh, fun and exciting. So even far, as far back as I think three years ago when we got the, or the first award, it was exciting and it's exciting still.
1: Well, it's certainly been a, uh, neat to, for us to see the growth um, as the company has started to mature and, and to your point, take, you know, technology that was there, I believe it was NASA inspired, right? Um, and, you know, it was it NASA inspired and turned into something? How, what, was the, what was the inspiration for you to, to get started and even, you know, go down that path of research?
2: Uh, well it was it was NASA inspired, it was um, EPA inspired, I and mean, there's so many um, there were so many, I think, leading organizations that were looking into air quality. And it was actually not me, it was my father who was researching air purification. Um he was a solar energy scientist who um, had a passion for air quality because my brother suffered from severe asthma and allergies. So he took a project that he was doing for solar groundwater purification and adapted that to start cleaning the air. Now that led to a really long journey. I mean, 20 years in the making, I saw him tinkering with all sorts of prototypes um, yeah. at home, in his lab. And then finally, lo and behold, he came out with a technology and it was just, it was sitting there on a laboratory shelf for, yeah. for several years. So that was kind of the, the, the moment where things started turning.
1: Did you see a, uh, you know, something, a, a um, application for that? And you're like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, why, why is that sitting over there when we could be like out, you know, putting it in offices or homes?
2: You know, he's a scientist and an inventor. So he was always trying to just make things better. And we had the opportunity of seeing the prototypes and feeling like, this belongs in the world, and I should clarify. He tried. He, he, you know, he was willing to license the technology out to all these big, um, you know, industry players. I just don't think that they got the vision and why you need to innovate. For them, it was like, well, we have a mousetrap. Why should we make a better one? And so, um, you know, that that was frustrating for him. And so, when I say we, me and my brother came along. You, know, my brother, being the guinea pig of. All of the different prototypes and said, you know, we think we can do this. We don't need to rely on anybody. Is this like
1: a Thanksgiving, you know, dinner or something where you're like, "Yo, bro, let's do this."
2: <laughs> well, he was actually the first one, so he yes. he took the he took the deep dive into into doing this first and recruited me um, when he was actually presenting at a, a showcase, um, you know, now several years back and was presenting about the technology and it was just inspiring. It was inspiring to hear that you could have this um, space that hasn't seen innovation in decades. The 1940s was right. the last big innovation in air purification. That was the <laughs> EPA filter. So I was like, that's ridiculous. And, and sure. he, he got me kind of revved up about that. And I thought, we got to do something about this. So that's how I got started with him
1: that's great so when you when did you come on board when did you when did it become molecule when did it become a company
2: 2014 was when we first started talking about the company and um talking about it outside of the context of what my father is seeing Uh, my father trying to you know just say okay let's make it better let's give it to let's try to license the technology let's try to see if somebody else will go develop it. But in 2014, my brother and I had, um, you know, we had both ended up attending Stanford grad school around at the same time. And we were always talking about, oh, we could create this and create that. And then we diverged and went two separate directions and then came back and said, actually, what if we made this a company? So that was when things started, you know, formulating as, as a company.
1: That's, a, that's amazing uh, and it, when you jumped in what was the first you know couple of moves that you made
2: at first we were we were really looking at I, we were honestly kind of intrigued by what our father was doing in, in saying that you know we could we could take this to the industry and say why don't you guys just commercialize as we think this is a great technology. Um, and a couple of conversations in, we both became really frustrated. Um, frustrated because people just didn't get it. Either they saw it as like a, they didn't see it as a fundamental need. Um, and so I felt like the industry had just gotten so far away from the, the customer, which was this person who is breathing unhealthy air. They'd gone so far away from understanding why we need to innovate in clean air and just kind of mechanically producing things that we felt like um, we needed to figure out how to make that step. So when we had this technology, we thought, okay, if people aren't talking to the customer and they're just kind of doing something in the building infrastructure that you can't see, nor do you know about, why don't we make a consumer product that people can see and they can decide for themselves if they want it? And that was, I think, the most exciting moment that happened for us in the beginning of of 2015, we said, okay, we've tried this. We've tried to go, you know, behind the scenes and just get it inserted into buildings. But the truth is the customer is the best person to decide if they want innovation or they just want to continue using standard HEPA filters.
1: Right. And so was it like education first? What were some of the first challenges? I I feel like if I recall correctly, that, that was a lot of um, your first uh, branding and messaging was about, you know, educating the 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 potential and consumer on what it is that's actually in their in their air
2: interestingly enough i thought the most exciting part of when we launched so once we had decided to go and make this a consumer product and make this something people could put in their in their households we then as you as you rightfully alluded to we started trying to talk to people about it and one thing i noticed is that people are people are very hyper aware there's over 25 million asthma sufferers in the in this country there's over 80 million allergy sufferers there's a large group of people that's hyper aware about the air they breathe yeah and they may not you know necessarily refer to it in the technical terms that that the industry speaks about but they do talk about mold and we do talk about bacteria and you know people in now nowadays thinking about viruses i think people have been often the head of even the science thinking about airborne viruses and so we heard that language and really that's where we met our customers because we understood that they saw something because they felt it sure. and then we said okay you, you your brother
1: lived it. it right i mean that's right.
2: uh,
1: yeah
2: <laughs> exactly yeah no so he he lived it and and so we knew he was feeling it and a whole bunch of other people were feeling the pain of breathing dirty air and that we could meet them there and talk about how we're different. That was really what we were educating on: is okay, you've had filtration for years. Here's something new, and yep. would you want to try it?
1: Well, the obviously the answer, looking back four and a half years, is that it was a resounding yes. Um, so, how have you taken the, the approach of you know you had a, you know, um, a technology that you you know, put into a device, essentially, um, to, you know, create something that, that would filter the air. How did you come, come, come together for iterations on the product, the design? When did you know that it was right to say, okay, this is it, we're gonna, we're gonna go to market with our first one. And now, you know, coming out with the next generation.
2: Well, we have, now, you know, now we've been selling this product for three, our first original product, Molecule Air, for three years. But prior to that, we were creating the product for three years. So we've been doing this for, we went through a really long process of trying to figure out how to bring a laboratory science into a consumer, um, into a product. And I think one of the big steps that we took there was thinking about design from a, from a very personal perspective, what would we want to put in our own homes? Um, up until then, I think air purifiers have been big plastic boxes. Yep. And a lot of times, just even aesthetically, people end up using it and then throwing it on the side of the road because they're just, they're done with it, um, you know, throwing it into the trash. And, and it, we wanted this to be an object that really felt compelling to you, that you felt like it belongs in your home, it belongs as a centerpiece in your home, because it's doing something important, it's cleaning sure. your air. So I think the biggest step was trying to come up with something fundamentally, you know, um, uh, different, in, you know, the way it looked. Mm -hmm. And then getting that manufactured and finding partners, I mean, there was always, you know, we took it one step at a time, but now if I look back at it, I just think, I don't know how we did it with such a, at that time, a really small team. I think it was just, we kept, we were naive maybe to the challenges ahead and we just kept going. Um, Ultimately got the product out, um, which a lot of, at the time, a lot of hardware, uh, Silicon Valley hardware companies were not able to do so. So that was really just a, a big moment to finally arrive at.
1: Was it important to be in Silicon Valley to, to do this? Or, I mean, I know you said uh, when we were off uh, air still that, you know, there's a second office in Tampa, but, you know, ha- has that uh, been a, a benefit to be there?
2: I think that, I think that Silicon Valley has been um, really, you know, in, in terms of eye-opening um there are some amazing i think uh, there's an amazing network in silicon valley but at the same time i always caveat that and and even from the beginning i said i don't want to drink the Kool-Aid too much because sometimes i feel like you can also get so far away from everyday americans having grown up in florida myself i felt like at times you feel like you're getting preached to from the you know the the <laughs> the the technology elites and you don't feel like you're getting, you know, you're being served with with the human-centered design that was originally part of the backbone of Silicon Valley. Right. So I think that, you know, at times the the culture has kind of drifted away from that and gotten very techy. And people, you know, some investors, for example, just couldn't get why an air purifier is even needed. They're like, why do people care? Yeah. We're like, well, people care about the air they breathe. This is not a, this is a real issue. And so that was kind of a surprise to me at first was that, you know, not everybody got what everyday people relate to. But at the same time, we were able to meet a lot of people. So we kind of decided at that point to keep our our ourselves grounded in both areas. Yep. You know, grounded in in Florida, where the technology had originally been created, but also grounded in Silicon Valley, where we were getting exposed to you know, amazing talent, um, that was, that was passionate about, and, and that's been the exciting part is I think people here have, you find the people who are passionate about creating change. Yep.
1: I, absolutely. You know, one of the things that is so neat to see is, you know, some of the milestones that you've, that you've reached, um, you know, certainly as you've alluded to, you started with a really small team, um, and were able to accomplish you know, big things, Uh, what's kind of cool to see from our perspective and where I said is um, how you've been able to add talent and also scale, right? A lot of times, um, you know, I run into folks or, or hear stories where, you know, the impetus was really great and the introduction was, you know, off the charts, but then they added talent and then, you know, weren't able to actually, you know, scale what they were attempting to do. You know, what are some of the milestones that you think you've hit? Um, to be able to do that, knowing fully, the caveat for me here is that I, I understand you guys aren't done yet, but but where you can kind of look back over the last you know three to six years and say, oh okay, Th- that was a big deal.
2: It's it's funny because I see some companies that, particularly in hardware, that didn't end up making it. That I sometimes feel like, man, that was such a that was such a pity because I think the product was so amazing. So. I don't know if I have you know, the, the right answer to this question. Sometimes you just don't know what circumstances lead to success and failure. And so I'm definitely humbled by the fact that we've had the kind of growth that we've had. Um, I, I really credit it to ultimately our, our customers who you know, tried the product, felt the difference. We were, we were giving our product out even in the form of a, a, initially a black box. So today, if you go on our website, you'll see this, you know, sleek um, cylindrical, you know, um, uh, metal aluminum shell and and device. But if you go back, rewind, you know, six years ago, you would have seen an ugly black box. So, but we just started saying, okay, well, why don't you take it and try it and give us your feedback? And that, since then, I've been hearing these amazing stories of people saying that the air feels different in their home or that they could really feel the... The difference in air quality. And so that was exciting. Um, and and that feedback just grew as we got the product out there. So I think that our our customers have been our biggest um, fans and also our biggest critics. We've learned a lot from the feedback that they've given and tried to continuously improve. But, but I can't say that I know exactly what the silver bullet is to scaling other than pouring a ton of passion into the company and then also finding um, you know, really passionate uh, leaders who care about the mission, but also understand the value of, of you know, creating um, effective processes for your company to function as you grow.
1: Yeah, has that, has that been difficult? You know, taking the customer feedback and, in, in you know, not. I don't want to say being humble enough to accept it, but yeah, being humble enough to say, okay, well, you know, we really thought that that was going to be a hit and uh, maybe we need to go back to the drawing board. Has that been a challenge for, for you or for the team?
2: Initially I used to go on, um, especially in the early days of the company and even now, you know, when you're bringing a new technology out, you're going to be met with a ton of skepticism. You're changing the rules of the game. You're not playing by all these, um, you know dated specs the industry you're not playing into the industry narrative so you're doing all these different things so initially when i would go on to you know social media and places you could really hear um the polarizing comments about about the product and the company and, and that you know you take it so personally but the truth is is that as we've grown um it's actually been it's it's been interesting because at the end of the day we we want to just we started with this mission. We said we want to clean um, indoor air for everyone, everywhere. And it was lofty when we said it, and it's still lofty today. But, um, but that kind of engagement and feedback allows for us to continuously evolve and iterate to the point where we have this avid fan base now that even, even as I see polarizing comments, I see a group of people coming and saying, oh, my God, we love this company. And I think because I think they see that we really do care to incorporate their feedback and learn as we grow, so it it's a tough muscle to to you know build, but once you get the knack of it, it's actually a really good one.
1: You had the opportunity to um, adjust marketing or you know create messaging in and around that that you know caters not i want't say cater to the fan base but you know that uh, clearly articulates the cross between. The technology, the mission, and the end result?
2: The core, I think the core basis of our 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 storytelling, our marketing, our communication has always been on the on the basis of science. It's interesting though, because I remember even earlier in our journey that when we told people, hey, we're gonna go out and market as a science company and we're gonna talk about science with our consumers, people thought we were crazy and they're like, You know science doesn't connect uh, emotionally with people so why would you talk about your science and we you know but we still felt like people want to know more and they they want to understand more about the air they breathe so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the science we're not going to be hesitant we're not going to hesitate that's true to us you know we're kind of science nerds so if you will we will if if somebody were to meet us what would we talk about? We talk about the science of the company. So we've always been doing that. But I think as more people are getting the devices, the human side of it is just how they feel. Yep. And they, they you know, people, our reviews are unfiltered. You'll get to see, you know, um, the great reviews. You'll also get to see the not so happy reviews as well. And so if you go to our website and that's, I think, where you see that, the the you know the human side of it comes out because i i read amazing testimonials and i i just get super excited but we've always been you know trying to i think science tries to shine a spotlight on the invisible so we're trying to shine a spotlight on the invisible for people
1: i think you've certainly done a great job of that because um you know having gone through the nominations and, and, you know, learning more about your company in, in a way that's um, unique to others, uh, you know, it's really fascinating to, to see that come to light, right? You've used graphics, you use motion, you used a whole host of ways to bring the invisible, you know, forward. Um, and it seems to really resonated, you know, with, with folks because to your point, uh, you know, it's, it's intimate, right? Your air in your home is, is, you know i mean it's it's really intimate right and and so being able to uh have safety there um and recognize that it it may not be as safe as you think you know and it, it has nothing to do with your surroundings or your neighborhood i think um, that's been really fascinating to watch, and and actually, you know, your your strategy around that—not just in storytelling and marketing, but then business development too—seems to, you know, help you articulate that because it's turned into investors and investment and and you know belief in the product and and clearly the leadership in place.
2: Yeah, that's. And, I think that's the that's the um, those are the things that happen, but you don't notice them happening. I think internally we, we, just, we always focus on what can we do because there's so many factors that you, you start out on this journey you can't control. Mm-hmm. Everything outside of you, you have no control over. You know, how, do, if people like it, you can't force somebody to like your product. And so we just kind of focused on what drives us um, and how do we, you know, how do like, again, what products would we love? What products would we love people to love? and then use that and then that kind of organically guides you but it starts with i think i think at times also in full fairness like we also lost that view and we would get caught up in you know trying to to appease everybody and then realize actually no it's again it's about staying true to what we what we set out to do which is clean the air and as long as we keep working towards that we'll organically find our path
1: how would you, you know, advise others that are coming behind you, that are, you know, have a have a technology and trying to create a product? I guess, you know, some of the roadmaps have been have been laid out for, you know, platforms or, uh, you know, other utility, other utilities. But what about, you know, merging the R and D tech and then, um, you know, turning it into a product and launching and doing well?
2: Yeah, you know, I I often see I think people get caught up in trying to take one blueprint and then, you know, copy and paste that onto themselves. And it's it's never that easy. It's never like, okay, well, this worked for this company, and sometimes I see, you know, external commentary come in and are like, okay, this really worked well for this company, so you should go and do it. And I, I never I just felt like you you it's like if you're so hell bent on doing something you encounter a roadblock you turn one way and you keep going and that was i think what was exciting for for us in this process and that that's really the as as simple as it may sound again you know this really comes down to how driven are you to keep pushing for it and sometimes even if you're driven you're not going to get there but i've just met so many amazing entrepreneurs who who are able to launch a product they're able to take it out of the, um, you know, the R and D phases into, into the real world purely on the, just like determinate their own determination and grit. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, you know, that, that, that's important because a lot of advisors come along the way and tell you how to do things. (laughs) And it's hard to, you know, especially if you're doing it for the first time, it's hard to say, actually, no, I think this is how we should do it. And sometimes it's hard to also know, you know, not to be stubborn also and say, okay, let's try it. So we've kind of at times taken advisors and, and input and feedback and said, let's try it in a small tested way. But at the end of the day, we just, as long as you're kind of trying to find a way you're iterating really fast. That was another thing I think sometimes people forget that you're lots of ideas out there, but you gotta be really fast to keep trying them. Right. So.
1: Yeah. Well, it also sounds like you have a lot of self-awareness as a company and, and the vision that you had and your brother shared and, you know, was, uh, imparted on you by, by your father. I think, you know, all those things seem to have resonated really well and you've been able to, you know, articulate those. So that's, um, that's pretty exciting to see. I mean, it, it's neat for us, you know, to, to, to watch the rise, I, you know, I've, um, to, to some degree you must feel like you're still at the ground level and in others you're like, hey, we, hey, look at how far we've come. It's, it's going to be tough, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to kind of see both sides of it.
2: Yeah, I was, uh, I was talking to a, a friend the other day and, and just commenting and then, you know, and then he commented back. He's like, you're always like, I always come back dissatisfied with the present and and it's like, oh, we could do this or why, you know, it's not just about our company. You see all these things happening in the world and you just want to do something about it. Um, but I think the hardest part is to just notice, to just do what you can right now. Yeah. So uh, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do definitely claim to have a, a ton of passion to find all the answers. Um, so that's the that's that's the part of the journey that I think has kept us going in the midst of it all. But we just keep trying.
1: <laughs> well, listen, I, I think it's been um, it's been wonderful to see you guys. It's wonderful to have you part of our community. Have you um, as now multiple uh, Edison Award winner, and so I'm truly really thankful and blessed to have had you on today. So thanks for uh, thanks for joining the latest episode.
2: No, thank you for having me, and we're uh, big fans of the Edison Awards ourselves. So thanks. Well, until next time.
0: You have been listening to the Inspiring Minds podcast presented by the Edison Awards. On behalf of our guest today and host Justin Starbird, thank you for listening. Please share your feedback on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Edison Awards. If you have a great guest idea or want to share your inspiring story, please email Justin at justin at edisonawards.com for consideration. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Minds podcast.